Hello, everyone, and welcome to Grace Stories Podcast. This is your host, Brother Dustin Midkiff, from the studios here at Leesville First United Pentecostal Church in Leesville, Louisiana. Today, I'm joined by a, a magnificent guest, Brother Daniel Gums, is a children's evangelist who's been with us for the last couple of weeks. We've had some tremendous services, had a... Uh, a children's revival earlier in the year where 76 kids got the Holy Ghost. What a tremendous experience that was. And we have uh, connected here. And I'm adjusting the volume. And uh, he agreed to come on, be my guest on the podcast. So we're excited. We're going to get going and learn a little bit about your story, brother. Wonderful. And uh, thank you, first of all, for being on the podcast. You're welcome. Absolutely. So... When you were a young man, young child, what was your perception of God? What was what was that like? Well, I guess I should preface right away that a lot of my young childhood memories, uh, I just don't have them. Um, I remember a little bit before the age seven and before going into a foster home. I was actually in three different foster homes from age seven to ten. Okay. Um, I remember some memories through that process, but it was after uh, getting out of the foster home where I have a, a bit more memories. So when I was younger, ten and a half, more around there, uh, you know, my mom was in church. I was exposed to the opportunity of receiving the Holy Ghost, and I received it. It's funny. I remember the the joy that I had. I don't remember the actual activity that I was producing, but my mom said I started jumping up and down like crazy. And so that was my experience getting the Holy Ghost around 10 and a half, 11. Um, you know, we were exposed to church before I do know the foster home scenarios. Uh, one of the other local churches were picking us up on the bus. Mm-hmm. And so we were bus kids, uh, brought in every week. Mom just let us go on the bus, etc. Um, and so we had Sunday school happening and things like that. So I guess the answer to that would just simply be, I knew who God was. Uh, I knew that you had to live right. I knew that it felt good if you did live right. right. If you did live wrong, you got in trouble. And so, yeah. as a child, I knew that uh, you know the relationship that I could have with Him was uh, was to be real, and we had the opportunity to experience that. That's a tremendous story. And you were you were born. You told me in Wisconsin, right? State of Wisconsin. Go pack, go. <laughs> we're gonna forget that for a second. Ah, being there you in go. Saints That's country. All right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, y'all have, y'all have killed us the last few years. Uh, but yeah, so Wisconsin, I'm, I've never been up that far north, but, mm. uh, I would love to go sometime. I know it's green up there. It's green. It's beautiful. Uh, you get r- driving on those, those back roads. Uh, you know, there's a lot of small hills, if you will, and you could just get cruising, man, on a beautiful, you know, late spring and into the fall. Summer's okay too, but, you know, you just get all the different colors and whether it's straight green or it's in the fall and you're getting all the colors, but the breeze that just blows and just the smoothness of a drive. Yeah. And then pick up some cheese curds along the way somewhere. Oh, for sure, man. We're going to go to the food. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, what's the, what's the status of the apostolic church up there? Is there a presence up there? You know, the interesting thing is, is I did leave home when I was 15, roughly 15 and a half. So when I left home, I stopped going to church completely, etc. I moved out to the state of Oregon out on my own. And so I didn't, I didn't have the opportunity to grow up, if you will, amongst other Christians, children that went on, became pastors or just saints, whatever the case is in, in the state of Wisconsin. Um, however, the past four years since we've gone full-time evangelizing, um, I've had the opportunity to build some relationship 
uh, with some of the pastors. Mm-hmm. But I really don't even know the full extent of it because even just this past uh, month, we were out with a church, uh, Pastor Lejeune in uh, uh, Justin, Justin, Texas, Texas and yeah. he was talking about his connection he's got with a few pastors in Wisconsin. They were out there visiting, etc. And he was sharing our name with some of them out there. And, and I thought, wow, I hadn't even heard of these people. And <laughs> yeah. so there's still a lot of experiencing that we need to, to do. Uh, there's a handful of churches that are going to have us. We're going to head up there here in about a week and a half and be with about five different churches through that area. Um, but I would say from what I've heard throughout the years, it's uh, very powerful in regards to spiritual gifts. And, you know, revival is ready and steady, but that's everywhere, man. It if is, yes. If we put our minds straight to it, you know, revival's right here before us. And I like to stay, say, say often, hashtag, you know, revival starts with kids. And so, you Absolutely. know, hashtag prove me different, you know. <laughs> but uh, but the state of revival, it, it is there, and but it's everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but you've got some good people up that way. Yeah, I've... I think of that verse that says when Jesus looks at his disciples and he says, behold, the fields are white, ready to harvest. That was 2,000 years ago, man. How right. much more true is it today? Sure. sure. The harvest, it's right in front of us if we dare to look, you yeah, know. Yeah, and, uh, you know, you and I have the, the shared connection of having been in children's ministry. I did it for around 15 years. That's right. And it is it can be so, so rewarding. And the older I got, the more exhausting it could be as well, man. I just don't have that energy anymore. Mm-hmm. And I watch you work in the, on in the platform, Jesus and I'm name. like, my goodness, man, how does he do it? In Jesus you know, name. all the jumping around and hopping, I just, I don't have it in me anymore. <laughs> uh, Hallelujah. But it was a tremendous thing to watch you and your wife work. I mean, just, I've never seen it done like that. And I know you probably hear that time and time again, but what an experience it has been for us to get to watch you and, and partake in the, in the spirit with y'all. Uh, it was a blast. Wednesday was a good day. Um, you know, when you're in a place where there's liberty and, you know, a desire for God to do whatever he wants to do, you know, when we get into a place like that and we just go with the flow with what God has for that evening, um, you know, I like to think God's there for a reason. God's got a plan. He's got a design. He knows what's what needs to be said. All these things, we just show up. Yeah. And uh, but it it is liberty that goes back ways, back and forth. You know, from from the place where we are. If they if they're wanting that blessing, we want that blessing. And so all of a sudden, it's a marriage made in heaven, if you will. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and that's one thing I can say for my pastor, brother Mark Christian. That that man, basically, whatever your ministry is, he turns you loose and lets you do it. Yeah, good guy. Yeah, I, he's a tremendous man. I've never known anybody quite like him. He's, he's a tremendous a man. man. You said you moved out when you were fifteen and mm-hmm. moved out on your own. So some of your the formative years probably had some difficulty in them. Yes, sir. What do you? Um, what's your biggest impression of that time of your life? You know, I recognized I could I could see the difference between how and, and personally knowing what it felt like when mm. adults were not nice to me. Yes. But at the same time, I have the memories of what it felt like when adults were nice to me. Yeah. And so I would say the biggest impression was those that um, went out of their way to make me feel good. Yeah. And uh, you know, I wrote a poem. I don't have it right here to, to be able to jump on it. I'm, I'm sure I've posted up on social media along the way, but uh, you can take a look at it somewhere along the line. But um, I wrote a poem for my Sunday school bus driver, mm-hmm. you know, and just the memories that he created for me. Wow. Um, and so I would say, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, it's, it's, 
you know, when you're going through those years, whether it's elementary years, you know, and then through your teenage years, the biggest impression are those that uh, make the biggest impact. And it's really based on the input that someone puts towards you. You know, it's whether it's bad or whether it's good, they were there. There were people that were wanting you to feel what they wanted you to feel mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, experience whatever they wanted you to experience. But the but the biggest impact was those that wanted to make sure you were you know being drawn toward the love of God. Absolutely. Yeah, and so I had those experiences. You know, um, coming through through you know leaving at fifteen and a half, moving out on my own. You know, it was a blended family scenario. You know, yeah. we had uh, six kids in the house, and we were all step brothers and sisters, and so I wasn't the easiest child as well. <laughs> uh, I was definitely your. Uh, not run of the mill, just going back to and fro, but but I was causing some havoc, and I I, I was an antagonizer, and I love to see people kind of get them all worked up and things like that, and I still do it yet, probably from time to time, <laughs> even these days. But all in love, all in love, in Jesus' name. Yeah, you dragged me up there, and made me play Goliath. <laughs> That's right, man. You did good too. Yeah, you did good. And that boy took he took off that head too, oh, man. That was good. He did. Oh, that was great. That was a great fun. But you, what you said. Isn't really that the essence of, of evangelism, though, when you said they want you to feel what they feel? Sure. It, that's that's all I want for the people that are around me, man. It's like people ask me, well, how can you live that way? It's like, if you only knew what I knew, man. Sure. You know, I, I can't tell you what it's like to be where I'm at until you understand where I was. Right, right. Where I was was ugly, man. Right. And where God is, I mean, I was raised in the church, don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. but I drifted. Mm-hmm. You know, and did things I shouldn't have done. Where when God found me, I was not in any way clean. Mm. And I want people to experience what what I've had. You know, and I'm not saying that they don't have an experience. I'm just saying I wish you knew everything that I know and felt everything that I felt. And sure. to me, that's the essence of evangelism: is like, come and come and see. You come taste it for yourself. Sure. And I I see you guys do that. It's mm-hmm. like yeah. Even the adults that are sitting in the back, you know, you're reaching for them too. Hey, come see. Yeah. Come see what it's all about. And that's the heart of an evangelist to me at work. You know, it's it's so beautiful to watch. Yeah, I like to think with, uh, you know, evangelism, whether you're you're getting up there and you're going to share the gospel on a platform or you're just out evangelizing, reaching out to people on your own, whatever the case is. You know, I like to think the best evangelist is someone that can cause attention to come to them. Yes. But once those eyes are on you, you just... Yeah. Point right back to Jesus. That's right, and that's 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 the evangelism piece of it, you know. And if we can get people to just look on us, yes, and then point them to Jesus, He's yeah. the answer. Uh, that that's that's what we have to do. I mean, every, I know every day you're literally quoting scripture there when you say "look on us," and then Peter says, "In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth." It's like, yes, look at me, but let me tell you about Him. Yes, sir. You know, and that's that's. You want to call it a bait and switch, maybe, but it really is. I mean, it's not about us anyway. In Jesus' name. You know, and, and introducing them to him. I know that's got to be your heart or else you wouldn't be out here yes, doing sir. this. Yes, sir. You know, and I, I watched it with those children. It just, I had never seen it done quite like that and the effectiveness of it. Mm. And you just made it so simple for those guys. And really, we complicate the gospel. Mm. Really, we do. Mm. As adults, I was talking to a, a guy that, you know, was very instrumental in my life. He's not in the church and I asked him I said why when you when you pray why can't you break through he said I can't take I can't turn my brain off mm. and I thought to myself I said that's us as adults we have a tendency to really overcomplicate things whereas with children it just seems to be this blind faith okay so God loves me you know okay so I can have sure. the Holy Ghost 
and you guys make that so simple and easy to understand. And I, I thought to myself the other night as I was watching, it, I said, why can't we do that as adults? Yeah, and you know, it, it's a surprising uh, thing for, for many, um, but we, we appreciate just the simplicity of how we're able to share it. But, mm-hmm. you know, it, it works with the teens. It works with the adults. Yeah. You know, the gospel doesn't have to be convoluted, and it's no. just a call to receive. And so, yeah. you know, if it's made simple enough, let's pray. Yeah. God will give it to you right now. There's an old song that says, uh, I keep forgetting the name of it and who sings it, but maybe it's the Magruder's, I don't know. But it says something along the lines like, you got to have the want to yeah. if you're going to make it through. You got to have the want to. I know that's just a little yeah. piece of it, but yeah. if you want it, you're going to receive it. Yeah. They just need instruction on how to get it. That's right. And then help along the way in yeah. Jesus' name. And so um, I'm glad you were able to observe it and see it and yeah. really look through and, and and be pleased with it. Because if anybody can just grab from what we do yeah. and just implement it yeah. in Jesus' name. It inspired me. I'll be honest with you. Awesome. My wife and I left and we're like, we've never seen that. Awesome. But we want to see more of that. Amen. You know? Yes, because sir. it's just, it was so powerful and impactful. I told you, I think it's top five service I've ever been in my oh, life. Oh, Jesus name. You know, just, just watching that be done. Amen. And, uh, you, at some point, turned your life around and got back in the church, right? Yes, sir. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so, uh, <clears throat> lived in Oregon for roughly about four and a half, four years or so, um, without the smallest of finite details. Essentially, I ended up moving down to California about the age of 20. By then, I had done and given my all to everything. You know, I, I was involved in Oregon, you know, in the Northwest. I mean, you could get it anywhere, but a lot of Grateful Dead, yeah. a lot of hippies, yeah. a lot of drugs, different things like that. Got a, You know, I was a part of. Yeah. By the time I got to California, long story short, essentially, um, there was the inkling in me there was the pull there was the you know the tug jesus was pulling me Mm -hmm. pulling me back so when i got down to california i thought okay well i'm gonna stay in california but let's go back to wisconsin to the church i got i was raised in if you will and so i went back there spoke to my pastor uh emmett caskey is who the pastor was there in beloit wisconsin now there's a new pastor he's he's handed the reins on over to someone else but he had given me a list of churches to find in california and that's when i found the Apostolic Jesus Name Church. That was what the church name was. Now it's called the Spirit and Truth Worship Center. But Pastor Tom and Sarah Koppel are our pastors. Mm-hmm. And when I showed up, found the place, showed up, Pastor Koppel, he said, welcome home. <laughs> and I think it was very unique in saying such because, you know, I'd been on some travels, you know. Yeah. And so to be able to hear those words, welcome home, yeah. it was a very fatherly figure way of mm-hmm. saying it. Uh, at the same time, it spoke to me as a traveler to... Okay, done traveling. Yeah. Found home. And uh, so that's essentially kind of the, the, the quick, long, <laughs> short right. story of it. There's a lot of in between, and maybe that's another another connect we have, um, you know, that we can do down the road. But, yeah. you know, the story of uh, almost selling my soul is there, and yeah. uh, I can share that another time. But yeah. long story short, again, California, uh, right away within six months, started working with you know, kids going to kids camp. Yeah. Sister Koppel uh, had me started working with the kids and kids church. And so within six months to a year, I was plugged right back in. Wow. Uh, it felt just so good to be back in the fold and not lost in the world. Yeah. In Jesus name. Yeah. That's, uh, that's an incredible story. 
I, you know, I, we have so many things that parallel each other. I'm, oh. a, I'm a little bit younger than you, mm-hmm. but we have a lot of the same sort of kind of experiences. I don't, sure. not with the moving all over the country, but with the music scene and all okay. that. I used to be in that, you know, yep. uh, way back in the day. And I don't, you know, I don't miss it, but I was able to come into the church in a, in a sort of a similar way and say, okay, you now have this job here. Where your your job is now to worship the king. Now you used to do this, but now you do this, and it reminded me so much of the the story of the prodigal son. Sure, where the father runs to him and he says, "No, no, no you're home now." Yeah, yeah. Don't worry about all of that. You're home now. Yeah, you know, I remember you know times in Oregon, we'd go to local shows. You know, it's it's the grunge yeah. era oh, back yeah. in the late mid. Well, it was beginning in nineties, mid nineties. And, um, you know, it's grunge, small, a lot of small cafes where they do music and have shows and different things. I remember literally throwing myself on the ground and rolling yeah. on the ground yeah. and worshiping the music. Oh, for sure. And yeah. so, you know, I had seen what worshipers were at my home church growing yeah. up. But during those experiences in Oregon, it was just what I gave myself. I was yeah. comfortable to do it. But when I came back to Christ and, you know, about the age of 20 down in Southern California, Man, I thought, you know what? The enemy thought he knew, he thought he had me. <laughs> yeah. he, you know, he's giving me some liberty in the world right there, yeah. teaching me how to worship. Yeah. But now I'm, I'm going to use this. I'm going to worship God. And, and the Lord placed that upon me as the gatekeeper of praise. And so wow. if there's ever an opportunity to worship him, we're going to do it. And if yeah. it helps open the gates for everybody else to rush right in through with worship too, we're going to do it. Absolutely. I was, that reminds me of something a pastor once told me that used to come evangelize at our church a lot. He's a real good friends with my pastor. He said, I used to love to dance in the world. He said, I didn't stop dancing. I just changed partners. There you go. You know, he I said, I still name. dance, but I just dance with Jesus. Yes, now. sir. And that sounds it's so cheesy, of course, but I mean, it's the truth. That's the truth. You know, what you get, I, I shared this with the loft group, our, our youth group. Probably, I was back in January, I believe. I told him, I said, there is no such thing as non-worship music. Sure. In the world, right. you're, you're, you're worshiping what the world worships, but it's still worship. Yep. Excellent. You know, and it's exactly. still, it's still composed by somebody who understands what worship is. You know, but you come into the church and you sing worship about the king. And of course he's drawn into that. Mm-hmm. And I watch how you guys use music and your, your, uh, antics, I guess you'll say as well sure. to usher people into the presence of God in a fun way. You know, yeah. get them to understand this is worship. This is the time that we devote, you know, to the King of Kings. Absolutely. And uh, maybe having that perspective, you know, having been out there, seen it a little bit, I, I kind of understand what that's all about. Sure. You know? And uh, that's a powerful story of redemption. You know, and I appreciate you sharing it with me. You're welcome. So you come in, they plug you into ministry. Yes, sir. They plug you straight into children's ministry. Yeah, you know, it was an open door. Camp was there. Hey, you want to go and help out with camp? Absolutely. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's kids camp. And so we're helping out. And then Sister Koppel was doing, you know, she was heading up the camp, you know, storytelling, object lessons, things like that. And then started helping with that. And then we started doing kids church locally at the church and, and just stuck. I think it would have been then, that was 94. I came back to the house of the Lord. It would have been 2003. Uh, pastor and Sister Koppel asked me to become the children's pastor, mm-hmm. and so became children's pastor. Uh, and then that went on for, well, until we, we handed the reins over toward uh, about the last quarter of 2017, children's pastor to someone else. Uh, so about 14 years then, I guess, that'd be children's pastoring. Yeah. So, But 
total ministry, working with the kids before going full-time with it, was uh, definitely a handful of years since about 94, summer of 94. You know, the unique thing is, is, you know, the Lord had called, you know, the Lord speaks to my wife uh, very well, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I think uh, I'm very appreciative of it, but the Lord had told her at one time, uh, you're, you know, your husband's not only going to be a children's pastor, but he's going to be a children's evangelist. Mm-hmm. And so she'd shared that with me. And I'd seen other things come to pass from things that she'd shared with me, the Lord, the Lord had shared with her. And so I didn't question it, but I thought, okay, well, all right, however that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, right away, within a year or so from her sharing that with me, we started doing Holy Ghost Sundays at church yeah. with the kids. We had church, kids' church every Sunday, but every fourth Sunday now, the Lord wanted us to have it as an evangelistic-style yeah. service. It was kids' church, but it was now Holy Ghost Sunday, yeah. every fourth Sunday. And so we, we, we did that. I asked the Lord, okay, kids are going to get the Holy Ghost. What do we do? He said, just ask them. Yeah. Said, okay, just ask them. All right, well, so I ask them, and they start coming up. Yeah. It became a cultural thing. Yeah. You know, they knew that every fourth Sunday was going to be either getting a refilling or bringing their friends, getting the Holy oh, Ghost. Hallelujah. We had over the course of seven years, 137 kids get the Holy Ghost, wow. and it was all an experience that God allowed us to have, teaching us, yeah. Him teaching us how to be evangelists for, yeah. to children, and so you know. When you think through, man, how do you learn to, to, to become a children's evangelist? Well, the Lord showed us on that one, so we will yeah. give him all the credit on that one. For sure. But, yeah, so kids' ministry right away, they plugged us in. They were willing. You know, most most places, if they're willing to have you dive in on ministry somewhere, just it worked well with kids. I was able mm-hmm. to relate to them and, again, make them feel good. I wanted to have good feelings from an adult to them. And, yeah. you know, being able to show a smile, I mean, they were, you know, they, they enjoyed Brother Gums being around a little more. Got some energy and yeah. bubbly personality, so it was good fit too. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. It, uh, when you say they plugged you in, you know, pretty fast, it reminds me of something Pastor David Hunt in Eastview, uh, at Eastview Ch- Church in Texas, Lufkin, Texas, says. Okay, he said when I people pray through in my church, especially if they have no grounding in the church, he said I give them a job. Sure. He said it may be as simple as changing the words on the sign, but I want them to feel obligated to come to my building. That's a good obligation. And hear the word of God. Yep. He said, because if I can get them grounded in the church, it'll get them through the difficulties that come with adjusting to the culture of the church. Sure. You know, and so yeah, don't throw them out there to teach a Bible study two weeks after they got the Holy Ghost necessarily. But sure, tell them, hey, go tell somebody else what's happened to you. You know, and Absolutely. bring them to the church and you can sit in on while I teach a Bible study or, hey, we need the we, we need the garden weeded. You know, some of the just give them a job, give Plug them something them to do Plug them in. that gets them attached to the to the to the house of God. Yes, sir. And it gets you an opportunity to be in their presence enough for Christ to rub off on them. Sure. Beyond that, just that initial experience. No one's perfect, and no, so no, no, every day not. when you come to the house of the Lord, if you have a job to do. There's a responsibility, but there's then the accountability. Right. And so there's the accountability is to make sure you do your job. Other yeah. people are dependent upon you. And yeah. so if you understand Scripture, if you do something wrong, if you're not perfect that day, whatever the case is, and you've sinned, ask God to forgive you. Yeah. Own up to it. Get that forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Now move forward because you have a job to do. That's right. And so if you are held accountable to a responsibility, being plugged in, I can definitely say it was a blessing for me. Yeah, for me as well. I mean, it was a lifesaver to me. Absolutely. You know, to to have that that commitment to something that was bigger than me. Yep. There you, know, you go. I yep. wasn't just living for it now for just me. It was yep. it was bigger than me. That's good. And uh, it, it's 
I, I, there's wisdom in it. You know, I can feel the wisdom in that. Just sure. giving someone a, a a connection to something beyond themselves. You know, sure. Uh, I learned so much from Brother Hunt, uh, and he wasn't actually teaching at TBC when I was there, but the man had some tremendous wisdom. Mm-hmm. I could tell you some stories of some stuff that he said while I was there, but it's for another time, I suppose. But sure. <clears throat> you spoke of your wife. I watched her walk in the spirit. I can tell you off the top of my head, maybe three people I've ever seen do what she can do, mm. walking in the spirit, being that sensitive. Mm. How did you meet her? So my wife and I met online at everyonesapostolic.com. <laughs> my wife and I did too. Stop the front door. Are you <laughs> yeah. kidding me right now? That's absolutely true. Yep. Okay, so everyonesapostolic.com, you know, the old the old site, they had, uh, what, they had a group for Sunday school teachers, group for ministers, yeah. singles group. <laughs> Well, there there was. So we, we connected through everyone's apostolic.com. She lived in Florida. I lived in California. Uh, but we made the connection. And another long story short, yeah. um, I would say here on this podcast, uh, for everybody who's listening, if you want to know the full story, I'm going to share it with brother, but not right now. <laughs> Find us. Sit down with us. Buy us a cup of coffee. We'd love yeah. to tell it to you. But literally nine months to the day, yeah. you know, there was the, you know, going out, visiting, meeting her pastor, yeah. getting a blessing, her coming out, meeting my pastor, getting a blessing. Um, and then, and then, uh, nine months to the day, literally to the day we, we married and, uh, that's it. So everyone's apostolic.com. That is so crazy. That's I married funny. My, I married my wife nine Dude, months later. So many. How many? Nine months later. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah, man. There is sure. a lot of correlation. There bro. is, man. I met her. Wow. In, uh, I met her in May. We married in February. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Yeah, I met. We met in February and married in November. So yeah. there you go. That's crazy. That man. is. Cla- what year? What year? 2013. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. Ours was 2009. So yeah. There you That's go. crazy, man. Oh, yep. Such a crazy thing. In Jesus' name. Yeah. What's funny about you know this is. Tangent, but me and my wife, we had so many mutual friends. We'd been in the same places. Oh, sure. And it never run across each other. There you it's go. like never I've met. heard that story. Yes, you know, sir. she's a she's a little few years older than me, so uh-huh. it, it's certain situations probably wouldn't have been appropriate. But anyway, yeah, you know, being what it was. Well, uh, you know, I'd say uh, Marilyn is a, a huge blessing. You know, and like I said, with you know the situation of her hearing from the Lord about you mm-hmm. know us being children's evangelists. You know, there were many other things right from the get-go that, you know, we've had, we had conversations with and God would make himself known mm-hmm. to her and then to me and then we would see these things together come to pass. And so I'm very thankful for her relationship with, yeah. with Jesus. Um, it's a very precious thing. I like to think that, uh, I've got a solid relationship with him, but when I look at her and, and Jesus, you know, I'm a little, I want to make sure I use the right word, but envious, is that the right word? I don't know, but. Yeah, holy envy. <laughs> man, you know, she's, she's, you know, she, she can, she can straight, you know, she's, she's dialed in, mm-hmm. you know, his speed dial, you know, if you say on the phone, you know, speed dial, there's, there's great communication between them too. And, and so I do appreciate, you know, when the Lord speaks to her and, and I listen, you know, it's a good mm. thing to have a wife, you know, it is. and, um, but she does have um, a great relationship, and, and it comes out in ministry as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I'm glad you, you acknowledged and recognized her. She loves doing it, and she yeah. loves being a blessing. And so Wednesday night was a good time. It was amazing to me because if you ever doubt the reality of what we see and what we experience, mm. I know those ladies she talked to. She read the mail. In Jesus' name. So I was like, no doubt. That Jesus woman has tapped in. And 
I was watching. I was watching it happen. I'm like, God, she she couldn't have read a personal on them and gotten any better information than what she got, Jesus, you know, from man. from the Lord. So that was amazing to watch. Wonderful. And uh, I was very excited after that to get a chance to talk to y'all about it because she's yeah. That was just next level, man. Something something cool to watch yeah. and uh, be a Thank part you. of. Amen. That was good stuff. Yes, it was. We'll make sure she knows that you're uh, appreciative of it in Jesus' name. Yes, sir. Absolutely. And uh, so she is. Is she from Puerto Rico? She's uh, she's from Puerto Rico. Um, she grew up. Uh, I believe she was in. I think I believe she was born in Jersey. Mm-hmm. But she grew up back and forth. Yeah. Jersey, Puerto Rico. Jersey, Puerto Rico. Her mom. You know, uh, I'll let her tell the story best, but they called her the the gypsy, if you will. Yeah. You know, of just she just traveled so much back back and forth, back and forth. So she would even spend sometimes a half a school year mm-hmm. in Puerto Rico, the other half in, in New Jersey. But um, she's from a small town, uh, Arecibo. Uh, we went back a couple of years ago, and our intentions are to go again. Um, uh, but uh, we went back and got to visit some of her old school, her old stomping ground, and some of the old places she lived and things yeah. like that. But she's from Puerto Rico, if you will, uh, back and forth between there and Jersey. I don't know if you hear some of the Jersey accent in her, yeah. in her voice. but A little bit. But that's where she, yeah, she's full on. We, matter of fact, we went down the street here and went to Brenda's Kitchen, yeah. Yeah. which is Puerto Rican. Yeah. So they got some good food here in town. Yeah. Um, you know, we go to a lot of places all the time. If Brenda's listening, Brenda, you got some good food. <laughs> we obviously, you know, I'm not putting any food down but we've been to so many different places yeah the best is in puerto rico yeah, but nevertheless sure. um to know that there's one right here in a little little town called leesville yeah i mean it was great we had puerto rican food today well it's what's crazy about where we live and this is a total tangent but we're next to fort polk right. so we have tons of different nationalities soldiers that are here and whatnot so we have great ethnic food yes. in this area. It's actually what really good ethnic yes, food for a tiny little town i'm like told to are. check out the jamaican food here pretty soon so yeah, that was. We have a guy that plays bass for our church, Brother Gladstone Hill, and that's where he's from. And he talks with the accent, man. Oh, okay. He said, "I make room for you on the platform, man." <laughs> nice. Uh, very good friend of mine, and he told me he said that's the one thing he misses is the food. Sure. He's like, he's like, I don't really miss the place all that much, but I miss the food. Sure, sure. I understand <laughs> so, that. Definitely difficult to find, but so you guys are children's pastors for around fourteen years. You said. It's amazing to me that you and i didn't run into each other doing some of this stuff uh because we had a very similar thing every quarter we did our holy ghost service we called it kids power hour nice you know so very very similar and we had great success with that uh but you eventually decide it's time to take this on the road what was that decision like like how did you arrive there sure um I will say this. Maybe the reason why we haven't connected is, you know, Southern California is a far away yeah. away place. It's a little insular from here for sure. <laughs> so, um, but I, I would say this, uh, you know, we had made, made aware, uh, made Pastor Koppel, our pastor, aware of what the Lord had shared with us about being mm-hmm. children's evangelists. Um, easy five years before we went full time. Yeah. And so it was roughly about, Two years before doing so, we uh, we had uh, started meeting with our, our pastor. You meet me, you know. I think I believe we met with him once a quarter. Actually, about three, four years beforehand, maybe even sooner than that. Uh, but leading up to two years beforehand, it was time to now start looking for, if you will, a replacement. Yeah. So uh, that conversation happened. Uh, different potentials, come, you know, would would come up, and we'd pray about it, think about it, etc. 
we knew the the timing of it uh i guess as it got closer it was it's really just very fluid i will say this 2016 we were running out uh 26 weekends the year Mm -hmm. that's a full-time schedule if you look at the books um 2017 we were running out 40 weeks and so even more so yeah. it was beginning to we we're doing more people are knowing more about us and so we kind of recognize with these scheduling scenarios that hey we're probably going to want to you know uh launch pad off this you know this uh, scenario here at the beginning of 2018 yeah. but i will say this at the end of 2016 i believe we had seen close to 400 get the holy ghost that particular year and at the end of the year the last quarter our pastor had said Brother Sister Gums, uh, I want you to not take any more invites. Mm-hmm. The rest of your calendar, work your schedule, but whatever's open, leave open through this quarter because the kids here at the home church need you. Mm-hmm. And so that wasn't an act of obedience. Obedience, I mean, I'm just speaking to the choir here, but yeah. obedience is doing something you're okay with. Yeah. You know, you see it, you follow it. Submission is doing something you don't necessarily agree with, but right. you submit because this is what, you know, you've been asked of mm-hmm. you from someone that you submit unto. And so with our pastor uh, asking us to do that, it was definitely submission. I did not want to not take any more. We took took another four phone calls for that quarter. They wanted us, but we could not book them because we were being submitted unto our pastor. The great thing is that very next year in 2017, then we saw the most we'd ever seen, 770 received the gift of the Holy Ghost. And we attribute that, that to... The act of submission. So I can definitely say this. If it's the loudest thing you hear on this podcast is be submissive. Yes. Stay in a position of being submissive in your ministry and God will bless it. God will bless your relationships. We have a great relationship with our pastors yeah. and uh, it continues to this day. But I will say this. I, there was a word prophesied over me um, from a, a gentleman, one of the mentors of mine. He's, he's, a, he's a prophet. Um, I don't necessarily need to say the name, but he's out there still ministering. But he had said to me that the Lord is going to take you out. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's going to bless us um, and uh, you know use all things for his kingdom, but he's going to take you out. Uh, and I thought, okay, well, I figure he's going to take me out of you know my job and help me with that. So even though I was feeling okay, I'm time. You know, it's probably time to go ahead and tell this job that I'm ready to quit or whatever. But I just stayed working. I stayed working. Yeah. Like I said, I worked almost that full year in 2017, but we were out 40 weekends. Um, there was a termination that happened at my job. And uh, it was wrongful termination. There was some situations there. I had some proof that could show that there was some unfairness and mm-hmm. the reason for the termination. But I remember the word. Mm-hmm. And God said he was going to take us out. So I accepted that and didn't do anything messing with the company that let me go. Um, and he just blessed it. So at the end of 2017, I no longer worked full time. At the beginning of 2018, Marilyn um stop working full-time as well she's a she's a licensed nurse and so she's she's still licensed you know she keeps her credentials up etc but that was the 2018 beginning thereof is when we went full-time not working any nine to five jobs but that's kind of it in a nutshell leading up leading up to you know i don't think we were nervous about it because when you look at the scheduling of it all we had i'll tell you this this is a miracle right here this is god blessing and then 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 i'll jump off of this transition piece but we were looking at the end of January 2018, launching full-time. Instead of renewing our leases in Southern California, mm-hmm. they do 13-month leases in some places, the place we were at. We didn't want to renew the lease because we knew 
we were booked up so much. We had February and March booked up not only with weeks of revivals, but we had extended stays. So then in April, even though we had weekends booked and not extended stays, we knew we could pay less in Airbnbs or hotels than $2,000 a month on a 13-month lease. Well, the last weekend in Southern California, San Diego area, we were ministering a revival down in San Diego. They had seven, eight, nine, get the Holy Ghost. Uh, we did altar work training. It was a great weekend, but the pastor there said, um, hey, we just want to let you know we're sitting there eating meals, you know, whatnot after the uh, last service. Hey, they said, the Lord has talked to us, and we're to revamp our home. We're going to make an evangelistic quarters, and we're to offer it to you starting in the month of April. Wow. So God, so God took care of April even before we got out of January. That's and then they said, Hey, here's the keys. Just so you know, if you're in, when you're in California, uh, this is home. I want you to know you got a place to stay. So we based out of that, that, that pastor's, uh, home for, for him and his wife for roughly about a year. And, uh, there's so many more stories I could share, but that's yeah. that transition piece yeah. where God was taking care of us without a home, but yet a place to still put our heads yeah. in, in between. Now, we stayed booked quite a bit. I mean, we, we're usually out sometimes three to five months at a time, yeah. even six months one time, six months at a time. But but that was that transition piece. Um, God gave peace throughout the whole thing. Yeah. I, I, I would just highlight that to say, if you have peace about it mm-hmm. and, and your blessing of your those that you submit mm-hmm. to, your authorities, peace with that really kind of goes a long way at making it just seem like it was fluid you know there there really was no bumps in the road we just went with what god had for us and we kept seeing people get the holy ghost in jesus name that is incredible and when you said that about submission man i can totally relate Mm. i know i have turned down multiple opportunities Mm -hmm. because i went to my pastor and he said i don't feel good about it Mm -hmm. okay i may think it's the best thing in the world Mm-hmm. But because the man of God said no, like this isn't, then that's not the opportunity. I can't step outside the will of God because the will of God is for me to be in submission to the man of God. You know, and so, yes, sir. you know, can he miss it? Yeah, absolutely. He can miss it. But I did what I was supposed to do. And a, a mentor of mine one time told me, he said, God will not use you to the fullest of your ability until he knows he can trust you. Mm-hmm. And so I want to be somebody God can trust. Sure. He's going to put me out there. I want to be able to walk in his spirit. I think that's incredibly important. I, you know, Where would I be without him? Yes, I'd be sir. lost and dead yes, sir. Know, without him. And so that was absolutely a miracle, you know, that you guys Amen. had something there that was, that was taken care of. God was letting you know that door is closing. He was letting us know, hey, you're, you're launching off. You know what? I like to think that God's got a lot of favor on everybody, but especially on me, yeah, my wife. The reason why I say it that way is because we're taking care of his babies. Absolutely. I Absolutely. mean, I, I love to think that all children of God, you know, it's the old adage, you know, tie the, the, the rock around your neck. If you're going to harm one of these, be cast in the sea. You know, scenario, that's for all his children, you yeah. know, young, big, small, whatever, tall, etc. But but I, there's something about ministering and taking care of the babies mm-hmm. who have to have someone drive them to church, yeah. who have to have someone buy their clothes, who have they have to have someone take care of them. Yeah. And so by being in a position of ministering to children, I really think children's ministry is the most favorite ministry of Jesus Christ. I can definitely say that I've seen his favorite work in Jesus name in that. And um I could not agree more. I mean, Jesus said, suffer the little children to come unto me for a reason. Indeed. You know, 
I saw so much, not intentional, but neglect of children's ministry when I got in early. And I got in the mid-90s when I was still a kid myself. I was doing it as a kid myself. And it was just sort of almost treated like an afterthought by some in the church. And I'm like, you don't realize without this, you don't have a future. In, ten, right. years, in ten years, it's going to be you That's sitting right. there, and they're going to be going on in whatever invests in them. You know, and even as a kid, I could see that. You know, and why why we don't give equal opportunity for everything, I don't know. And it, it's a weakness in us as humans, not in the church so much as it is just in us and is humanity. Well, you know, that's why we really love it when a pastor will decide to have us in the main sanctuary for yes. a kid's service. Yes. Now, we've learned to encourage uh, pastors to... You know, maybe use the title family revival, some of these things, because sometimes when, when the, the older folks, uh, the older children in the sanctuary, <laughs> when they know, hey, it's a kid's revival, yeah. some of them might stay home. You yeah. know, we've gotten used to that with this pandemic. People stay home mm-hmm. so much easier these days. But point is, is if you can call it a family revival, mm-hmm. uh, then, then you, you may have a, a better chance of more people showing up. That's the little, little uh, tagline right there to help out pastors. Mm-hmm. But I will say this, we love it when pastors put us in there because yeah. um, it's ministry to the entire church. Yes. And they get to see the simplicity and be a part of their kids. Yes. Grandkids. Be able mm-hmm. to see this. The importance of what it is. You know, Psalms 8 and 2 says, when you give importance to children to praise God, a little bit of, you know, yes. kind of mi- mixing it up a little bit, but not, not, not writing the word of God right. again. But again, it's, it's saying along the lines, when you give opportunity, for children to praise him, you shut the mouth of your enemy. Yeah. You silence your foe. Yeah. And so I speak that often over places wherever we go because when they bring us in, we know they're giving importance to children to praise the name of God. Yeah. And so when they do that, then we know that the favor of God is going to be upon them because they deem children important. Yes. And I shameless plug for you guys here. If you have an opportunity to come and witness these guys in service, don't miss it. Because I got out, I got as much out of those services as my kids did, if not more. Amen. Because I'm a dad, I get to watch my kids bathe in the presence of God, mm. and I can tell you there is no experience like it. Mm. And there, were, I mean, I learned stuff in that that message. Amen. Did you preach? You're sharing the simplest truth out of the Bible, but hey, it does me good to hear it again. Yes, sir. You know, so I encourage people, you know, to to absolutely give you guys a shot and put you out there in the the best capacity that they can put you out there because you don't get results like you got unless the power of God is behind it. I know God vouches for you guys. In Jesus' I absolutely name. know that, but, but beyond a shadow of a doubt. Well, I'd say uh, just jump on kidsevangelist.com. That's our website. Okay. Kidsevangelist.com. They can find us there, find our contact information. What a lot of places will do is they'll bring us in for kids ministry, which is completely Perfect. That's what we do. Mm-hmm. Some places are now bringing us in for kids evangelism, altar work training, mm-hmm. Saturday evening, youth ministry, Sunday, obviously, you know, you put the nice tie on, the suit, look good, preach yeah. from the pulpit. But but it can be a whole weekend of ministry yes. 
with, of course, there's the children's focus, but then the youth focus and the whole body church uh, additional focus. Some people like to receive it from someone who's wearing a tie, and that's yeah. all good in Jesus' name. But it's a full blend of, of compliments that we can minister in a whole whole unique way. But kidsevangelist.com is the website. Thanks okay. for that plug. I appreciate it. Oh, that. absolutely. And I can tell you, speaking from youth evangelism, you know, the, the step up from where you guys normally, the, the realm you normally live in, I'm very good friends with some of the young people in our church. I mentor a few of them. And one of them approached me about Wednesday night service mm. and told me what that service meant to him mm. and how you guys were able to minister to that group. And they're not perfect people by any stretch of the imagination. You guys got in the dirt with them mm, about their issues and their de- you know what they're dealing with. And it meant a lot to them. So I highly encourage people to get on that website and get you guys to come out and, and be a part of service with y'all because it's it's absolutely incredible. Again, I, I keep going on and on and on about it because I'm so excited about it. But Thank you, Beth. Absolutely. So tell me, I know in, in all the goings and doings that you guys have done, you see all these kids get the Holy Ghost, which is absolutely a miracle. But tell me, are there any other notable miracles you guys have seen over the over the time? Sure. Uh, you know, you get what you expect, what you anticipate. So we look for healing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we look for miracles. You know, the difference between, you know, healing and miracles. Miracles and it, miracles is going to be your instantaneous, yeah. you know, scenarios. Uh, healing is a progressive realization mm-hmm. of what God's done. And so we always, I think oftentimes think of, Man, you know, let's let's pray for that miracle and healing. Yep. Well, sometimes it's a it's a process, right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes I think we even get we get a little discombobulated thinking, well, am I healed then? Because God didn't do it, you know, miraculously. Well, there's a little girl here. Uh, I, I forget her name or whatnot, but um, well, let me not say here. Let me just say there's a little girl we prayed for one time, and I pray God would heal her. And mm-hmm. I think she deals with uh, rosacea or, or one of these things of the skin. Well, I, the next visit, I had seen this gal, and uh, and I, I laid my hand on her and just prayed a blessing on her, and I had her kind of speak a word to the church mm-hmm. that the church is healed. Yeah. Right? And so afterwards, she came to me. She had good tears, and it was a blessing. She was loving God. And she said, she said, am I healed? And I said, I believe you're healed. Mm-hmm. I said, I remember I prayed for you last time I was here and and asked God to heal you. And I said, you look much better. And she said, I'm itching less too. Yeah. I said, well, that's the healing of God. Yeah. And so notable miracles, you know, those are some of the great ones. You know, I would say even a personal note, you know, there's a little girl, her name is Katie. I mention her because uh, Katie was, was a big deal for me back about four years ago. Um, my back was kind of going out. We were at a, mm-hmm. an event, four-day four day event. And uh, I said, I was talking, talking to the brother, and I said, oh, man, my back isn't feeling well. And he said, oh, let me ask Katie, my daughter, to pray for you because she prays for people and God get God heals them. Mm-hmm. I said, absolutely. So Katie came over. She laid her hand on my shoulder. She prayed for me, and God instantly healed my back. And so now if I'm <laughs> if I'm not feeling good and I got situations, guess who I call? <laughs> well, we Katie. call Jesus. <laughs> but, hey, you know what? Give give a child a call. Matthew eighteen ten says that a child's angel is always at the face of God. Yeah. So if you want to get a, a prayer to God quickly, yeah. get a child to pray for you. Their angel is right there at the face of God to get that prayer to him. So um, there's other many many other notable miracles. Marilyn often will pray for people. They'll they'll get healed. Um, another story. Yeah, she went over and she she 
prayed for a gal's knee to be healed. She couldn't walk. She had a cane. And after a while, Marilyn said, let's stand up, you know. And so she stood up. She got rid of that cane. All of a sudden, she's dancing around the sanctuary. Mm-hmm. And pastor says, look, sister so-and-so, she's praising the Lord. She ain't got her cane. And she's like, sister Gum, pray for me, you know. <laughs> so so to say, you know, those are the miraculous, you know, scenarios. Yeah. But we often find ourselves in situations where, you know, we're revivalists, mm-hmm. you know, in that we revive churches in yeah. – you know, because we come expecting believing. There is, there's a measure of faith that everybody has, and we're very thankful for in the Holy Ghost itself is the gift of faith. Yes. And so when we come, we come with great expectation. And so, you know, we love to speak into the lives of pastors, the leadership, and being able to exhort and encourage and, and, and leave the place even better than oh. when we first came. And not that any church, by all means, is in any bad situations. Right. But at the same time, you always want to do your best to leave it better than you came. It's like cleaning your room, you know? Absolutely. It's like, you know, take care of your room. Make sure it's clean, you know, whatever the case is. But uh, I don't know if that's the best analogy. But m- many different things happen. I think, again, the notable scenarios are going to be we're going to get what we expect, right. what we anticipate. Absolutely. And, and I often teach that, share that, you know, let, let's let's expect the the stuff that's going to blow our minds, and we're going to see it then. Absolutely. But we, we do see the healings. Um, we see a lot of the gifts in operation um, in Jesus' name. Absolutely. Yes, sir. I want you to share. You, you come and did the altar work seminar with us before the the sectional youth revival or whatever that you how you pray with these kids what they what you ask them to do those four steps i believe mm-hmm. it is <clears throat> very similar to a class that i went through at uh pentecostals acadia under brother rob mckee mm-hmm. he teaches altar working and it's very very similar to what you mm-hmm. uh, said could you share those four steps sure yeah the the first is to lift your hands mm-hmm. um the idea is an act of surrender. Sometimes I'll tell tell individuals, I'll say, hey, what's exposed when your hand's lifted? All your vital organs. Mm-hmm. You know, so when you lift your hands, it's a vulnerable position. Yeah. But it's an act of surrender. Yeah. So lifting your hands is the first step. The second is the head back. The head back is just giving airway. Yeah. You know, if you put your head down, you say, hallelujah, it's a little contract, contract constricted. Put your head back, hallelujah, it's much more open. So we'll yeah. encourage hands, hands raised. Head back. We'll then encourage eyes closed. Uh, we've seen many kids get the Holy Ghost looking at us straight in the eye, yeah. chewing bubble gum, whatever the case <laughs> is, you know. But closing the eyes does help. Do they have to? No. Yeah. But these are just the simple steps. People, you know, we've seen people just sitting down, hands down, or you know, yeah. heads down, getting the Holy Ghost, all this stuff. But this is the best that yeah. we share. So yes, hands lifted, eye. Head back, eyes closed, and the last thing we encourage is to worship hallelujah. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah is the biggest praise. It's It means praise God in every language on earth, and so it's yeah. the highest praise. It's a thousand praises. It's uh, it's an actual word, a, a praise and worthy, worshipful word, even more so than just thank you, Jesus. I mean, yeah. it's hallelujah. When you just say hallelujah, it's a different feel to it. Yes. So we encourage hallelujah. Um, sometimes, you know, we get to hearing different people because maybe some people don't always pray. And mm-hmm. so they don't necessarily know how to pray. 
Um, sometimes you get little ones or even big ones uh, that want to pray. Hey, you know what, Lord, help my mom. Help, you know, touch my uncle. My cat's got diarrhea. You know, I don't know whatever the case is, <laughs> but they've got so many different things to pray about. Yeah. Um, but in that moment to receive the Holy Ghost, it's not a matter of let's asking God for anything. It's just praise, yeah. and so it's lifting your hands, head back, eyes closed, and telling Jesus. Hallelujah. Yeah. Hallelujah. And just let that be your expression. Hallelujah. And of course, if you're in a service with us, like you saw when we mm-hmm. did, you know, this last week with y'all, there's a little bit more to that. A little more expressiveness yes. and maybe a couple little more little stories in between, but it's still succinct and to the point, yeah. easily understood. And the big thing is, is we have them do it a few times during the service so that they get acclimated and comfortable doing it. Yes. So when they finally get to the altars, they already know what to do. Yes. Come to the altars is what we're going to do, and we're going to get the Holy Ghost. And it, to me, the, speaking of the word hallelujah, that leads so easily to me mm. into the next, which is speaking in tongues. Sure. You know, so often I've began that word. Sure. And about, by the time it's over with, I'm speaking in tongues. Jesus' name. You know, because it, it is such a powerful word. Powerful expression. word. And hallelujah. I find that when, typically when I have my head down, to you start my head back. It's typically because I feel shame about something. There you go. And when I and I force myself to look up to where he is. Sure. You know, David said, "I I look up." You know, when I look up to where he is, it's an accept it's an expectance. You know mm-hmm. that it creates in my spirit that God is going to meet me where I am, mm-hmm. and it shifts my perspective of who he is. Sure. Because no longer is he just my judge, but he's also the one who can give me mercy. Right. And uh, so I find that to be very, very effective. And when you guys come in and said that, I was like, man, that just rings so many bells for me. Good. You know, because of moments in my life where that was absolutely needed and necessary. Good. Uh, so we were we were honored to be a part of that altar working seminar as well because I, I felt like everybody needs to go through one of those. Sure. If you've got the Holy Ghost and you want to help other people pray through, come come learn how to do it. Sure. You know, and uh, that, was, that was tremendous learning to me to, yeah. to be a part of. So you've, you know, personal story, I have a autoimmune disease that causes severe joint inflammation. Mm. And I was praying Wednesday night when y'all were talking about healing and healing had been released in that service. I said, God, I don't know the, you know, the circumstances of how you're going to do it, but I just trust that eventually this is going to go away. Um, I'm still in pain. Do not get me wrong. I still hurt pretty much every day all the time. Okay. But I stood up Monday at my job, I have to stand all day on Mondays okay. with less pain than I have stood in a, on a Monday in a long time. Now, Wednesday, we prayed for many people to receive yes. that healing. I talked about when the blessings of the Lord are falling, we grabbing up, we're getting some of it ourselves. Yes. You believe that that was a part of healing process, and so is that a testimony it is. that you would attribute to a yes. Wednesday night midweek service? I would. Well, high five, brother. Absolutely, I would. In Jesus' name. Uh, That's testimony right there. It is. I had a man come tell me, he said, for some reason, the Lord told me to pray for your feet. Now, mm-hmm. this was months ago. Mm-hmm. He said, God's going to take care of this issue, whatever's causing your feet to hurt. Mm-hmm. And uh, he goes to the church here. He's a good friend of mine. And so I've been trusting that God was going to heal me. Sure. But it's been getting worse and worse and worse and worse. Okay. But I told, I actually literally told my coworker who goes to church with me uh, Monday, I said, I'm hurting less today than I've heard in, in forever. In Jesus' name. So I'm trusting that this is not necessarily a miracle instantaneous but that is a healing process that god has begun lord in jesus name by the authority and the power of your word right now the work that you have begun and matching the faith of my brother i pray that god you would continue the work 
Lord, we bind the sickness of autoimmune disease from out of his joints. We command them to leave. If it's attached to the spirit of infirmity, we rebuke it. We cast it into outer darkness by the authority and the power of your word. And we loose the continuation and even your miraculous healing, God. Right now into our brother, let your healing virtue flow from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. In Jesus' name. You are healed in Jesus' in name. name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. Love oh, you, sir. Lord, I love you, man. I appreciate that because, uh, you know, I had to, I literally had to quit a very physical job sure. that I was doing because my knees were swelling up too bad and I just I couldn't pull the weight of it anymore. Jesus name, yeah. So I am trusting that amen, what amen, began amen. Wednesday night will be a complete work. In Jesus' name. You know, I'm not going to put time limits on God. Whenever he's ready to finish the work, he'll finish the amen, work. Amen, but amen. I'm trusting that that's what was began that amen. day. Amen. I'm agreeing with so you. I appreciate it. So if two or three agree on any one thing, amen. Uh, God's going to do a great work. And yes, I, I trust that it was began that night. Amen. Uh, so thankful that you guys have been here. We've we've enjoyed it, brother. Man, I, I hope it's not the last time our paths cross. Oh, it says well, yes, sir. Uh, we've just, I, I don't know. I have, it's been a breath fresher to have you guys around. It oh, reminds Jesus, me why I loved children's ministry. Good stuff. You know, I was thinking about it today. There's a call going out to reach all ages. Yes, sir. Why aren't more people doing what you guys do? I had a young man come to me. Uh, our last practice for the drama we just did was on Thursday, and he came and he said. I, I don't have anybody but my youth pastor basically mentoring me. He's like, would you would you be willing to coach me through some things? I'm mm-hmm. like, absolutely, I would. I'd love to. Mm-hmm. And he said, I feel called to be an evangelist. And I said, well, in what what facet? You know? Sure. He said, well, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to go on the road or not. He said, I feel like I probably will. I said, well, if you want to be an evangelist, I said, why don't you start now and here? And Very start good. winning people to hear. I said, because by the time you get out there, God yep. will already know he's going to chase souls. There you go. He's not going to chase a pulpit. He's going to chase souls. Right. And what better place to start than when they are so young and innocent and it's, they're able to understand on a basic level what is required. Sure. Of and so that has breathed just a fresh air into my into my sail, so That's to speak, awesome, to watch you guys work. And I'm just... Well, what an honor for him to reach out to you. Yeah. You've obviously got some good character for him to see you as someone that he can count on. So that's good well, stuff, I hope bro. so. Good uh, for you. You know, I, I want to be used of the kingdom of God. Amen. Uh, I've been doing this for over 20 years, and I feel like I have underachieved in so many ways. In Jesus name. But when God is ready to... To use us in the fullest of his capacity, I want to be ready. And that's what this is all about. I'm just trying to make myself ready Very to be good. used, man. Yes, sir. And that wind came for us Wednesday night, and I just I felt like I could I, I could have whooped the New Orleans Saints defensive line nice. Wednesday night. It's just like, I, I'm ready to take on the world, you know? Nice. So, uh, take them down from what? The year that they were beating up Brett Favre, getting paid for it? <laughs> yeah, I got you. Even that year, you could have done it. Uh, that's right. Let's go. <laughs> I could have because I, I had the strength. Yeah. I had the strength of the Lord. <laughs> yes, in Jesus' name. But man, uh, what I always do is I ask people, whoever comes on, I ask them to, to end with a prayer, sure, and speak a word of encouragement to somebody out there. But first, I always want to tell you how honored I am that you came, oh, thank and you, that man. we're a part of it, man. I hope you've enjoyed yourself and the, the process of, uh, of this interview. You and I didn't know each other really before here, so this no, is sir. kind of a learning experience for sure. for the both of us. You're the first person I've interviewed that I didn't know personally, so there we go. Uh, I feel like this is the beginning of 
of great things. Jesus' uh, name. You know, I will definitely team up with you guys in prayer. We'll be praying for you. Thank you. Cover you guys in prayer. And I encourage anyone who listens, pray for these people. Amen. They are going out and doing the work of the Lord. And if anybody needs prayer, it's our evangelism teams. Amen. Because they're facing a different demon every week. You know. Amen. So uh, hopefully we'll get to cross paths again very soon. But I'm going to ask you. Yes, sir. To pray for anybody who might listen, any child who might listen, sure. or someone who has a lost child, maybe, Amen. that's out there somewhere that needs to hear the gospel Amen. and needs to surrender their life to God. And then I'm going to ask you just to leave a word of encouragement for someone out there. In Jesus' name. All righty. Lord, in Jesus' name right now, I plead your blood upon every child. And I pray right now, uh, child, if you're listening to this podcast, I pray right now that God would give you wisdom and anointing in your eyes. That as you read the word of the Lord, that he would open unto you greater understanding and that he He would allow it to be used in you to bless others and not to harm. Teenagers out there just the same, that's my prayer for you, that God would continue to speak to you, that you would learn to finesse the understanding of hearing his voice in your life, understanding that he works through your consciousness uh, that he that he works through understanding who you are and and the right and the wrongs he's making it plain but listen intently through the word of god being faithful to the house of the lord god is going to continue to use you and bless you hyphen age single adults right now by the authority and the power of your word god i ask jesus that you would give them passion and that you would give them fervency for living sold out for you right now god that you would embolden them that you would empower them god with courage lord jesus to to take what you've given to them already god to save souls god to be soul winners lord i plead your blood upon parents even now Parents of those that take care of foster children, parents that take care of their own biological children. I pray for a covering over the parents right now. I pray for a hedge of thorns of protection around around you right now. And I ask that, Lord Jesus, the angels that you've set over them, that they would continue to protect and open the windows of heaven and pour out spiritual blessing, physical healing virtue, emotional strength, and, yea, a double portion of financial blessings in their lives. And God, I ask these things that you would go forth unto the Sunday school teachers. Even now, God, I pray that Psalms 8 and 2, that this would be the blessing in their life. I pray that you would endow them, Lord God, with a double favor, double blessing, Lord Mm -hmm. Jesus, because of them giving their time, their talent, their treasure, that no one sees, God, their time invested, their treasure that they spend to make sure the classroom is prepared, to make sure that they are, Lord God, investing, Lord, their talent, Lord God, and their abilities, Lord, and and perfecting their craft and doing the right thing, Lord Jesus, and blessing children. So I speak these blessings over them now, and I ask God that you would let there be all favor and let them see you in the midst of it to make sure that they give you all the glory and all the praise by the authority and the power of your word in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I would say my last encouragement would be know that Nicodemus talking to Jesus was very much the best thing that we all in the world need to hear today, and that's that we have to be born again of water and spirit. Jesus told Nicodemus that not only if you do not have this, will you not enter heaven, but you won't even see the kingdom of heaven. And I promise you the biggest desire of everyone should be, 
We hope it's everybody want to be, but we know that that's not the truth of the matter. Some people don't care and they want to go to hell. Mm -hmm. But those that do not, make sure that we are filled with the Spirit of the Lord, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, as the Lord gives you that utterance, and being baptized in water in the name of Jesus, and then live a repented life. And I'll see you all in heaven. Can't wait. In Jesus' name. And if you're a runaway, you have left the presence of God, and you no longer attend church, or you no longer, maybe it's hurt, maybe it's something from your past that haunts you, it's time to come home. Amen. The prodigal son came to himself, but dad was watching from the porch. Amen. If you turn away right now, Jesus is going to meet you where you are. Yes. Because that's the nature of the father to run to the son that was lost. Amen, amen, amen. So come home in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. This has been Grace Stories, the podcast where we explore the grace of God through personal testimony. From the studios in Leesville United Pentecostal Church in Leesville, Louisiana, I have been your host, Brother Dustin Midkiff. Thank you for listening, and may God richly bless you. Amen.